What's up, boys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, May 16th. This is episode 117. As always, we are presented by our guy Dom and his business, D's Home Cuts. Uh, let's just get right into it. I mean, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. We have a lot of different storylines we want to get to. Um, and to get it all in, we got to start right away. So let's go right to basketball. We, we have the NBA playoffs. Both series are kicked off, have kicked off. Uh, we'll start with the Warriors and Blazers. That series started the other night. Honestly, with all the drama with the draft lottery that took place, uh, when was this? Tuesday night was the first game. With all the drama that took place, I don't believe this game was you know that highly watched. I don't think a lot of people tuned in. Honestly, I'll be honest, I was completely shocked that it was on. It kind of took me by surprise. When we had that break like that from Sunday, and then Monday we had an off day with no NBA basketball, it was kind of a shock that the game started so early. So I actually didn't tune into this. Um, again, with all the drama going on with the NBA draft lottery, I think this was sort of a shock to some people. Uh, but again, it was a good game. You know, Steph Curry went off. The Warriors took care of business. They took care of game one, and they went up 1-0. Again, this series, I do not think, is going to be that much of a challenge for the Warriors. I think the Rockets was probably the hardest team they'll face in the West just because of that chemistry uh, experience that they have there in the, between those two teams. So I just think the Blazers, while the Blazers are a nice team, they're a fun team, and you know maybe 10 years ago when there wasn't you know quote-unquote super teams, maybe the Warriors, I mean the Blazers could have done something versus the Warriors, but at the end of the day, the Warriors are just too talented, too experienced. They know how to win these games. And they're just going to take care of business here. And I think this will end in, in a game four or a game five. Possibly a sweep, I believe. Um, but maybe the Blazers could get one at home just to make it a little interesting. Um, but I honestly believe now that DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Durant will both just not play in this series. Because I think the Warriors, you know, their main three, Clay, Steph, and Draymond, can take care of this uh, pretty easily. So that's all I have for that series. Honestly, like I said, I really... It completely caught me by surprise that it was on the other night. Um, but it was a good game. And the Warriors, I mean, the Warriors just took care of business. I don't think anybody's really picking the Blazers to win this. Um, just because, I mean, they're the Warriors. I mean, you can pick against the Warriors, you're an idiot. Um, so let's go to the next game, which I actually did tune into last night. The Bucks versus the Raptors. Again, guys, for those who are rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks, yeah, that's fine. They're a nice team. You do not realize how annoying Truman can get around this time. I have experienced some sports moments, some sports seasons where his teams have gotten close um, and they haven't you know, reached over that pinnacle yet of actually winning the championship. The closest we've ever come was Wisconsin versus Duke a couple years ago. And you know that was a very terrifying situation for me. Um, Truman is on a whole new level of annoying when his teams are, you know, in it, when they're right there to actually win the championship. I mean, last year with the Brewers, you, you kind of saw it a little bit. And thankfully, Wisconsin's fallen down a little bit, Wisconsin football and basketball. But the Bucks are a good team. And they took game one yesterday uh, pretty much in the same fashion they took uh, in every single game versus the Celtics last series. It was, you know, where they started slow, and next thing you know, the Raptors were ahead most of the game. But then that fourth quarter, next thing you know, the Bucks just finished like a rocket. They went a 32 to 17 um, 
They outscored the Raptors in the fourth quarter. They went on a 10-0 run to finish the game. I mean, the, the Raptors absolutely fell apart. I mean, Kyle Lowry was the only person to score any points in the uh, fourth quarter. All the other Raptors went 0-15. for Brooke Lopez coming out of nowhere, scoring 13 points in the fourth quarter, 29 in a playoff career high in, his, uh, in that game. I mean, honestly, where did you ever think Brooke Lopez would be, you know, a star player in the Eastern Conference Finals? No, he just came out of nowhere. And that's kind of like the whole Bucks team. You know, besides Giannis, they have some nice, you know, role players around him. And they just step up in big moments. You know, it's every night it's a different player. You know, obviously Chris Middleton's an all-star, but he's still not like a, you know, consensus top player in the NBA. He's a nice player, but... It's just surprising to me how well they're actually putting it all together. And it sucks because I really, really, you guys don't understand. I share a room with Truman Williams Karcheski. I share a room with him. I'm staring at a bunch of Bucks posters right now. Our room is kind of a different mix of you know our teams versus his teams, and then you know a lot of Packers sprinkled on top because the Packers are really the only team we agree with uh, in terms of fandom. We're the only that's our that's where we are only you know close is in the uh, Packers, and everywhere else it's just straight hate. I hate the Bucks. He hates Carmel Anthony. I hate the Brewers. He hates the Indians. I hate Wisconsin. He hates Ohio State. And it's not like we hate the teams. Honestly, like I, I don't mind Giannis. I don't mind the Bucks. I hate the fandom ship that Truman has, and I hate the fandom. She hates my fandom ship that I have. And it's just like some of these the sports debates, I mean, we try to tone it down a little bit for the show because it can get pretty – crazy i mean it gets almost into a fist fight every now and then um but we try to tone it down for the show but there's been times on this show where we've almost you know gone to blows because it's just it's it's pure hate right there like obviously he's my brother um and you know you go back and forth but it's just like it's bad and that's why we decided to start this actually because i feel like our debates can actually get interesting at sometimes but when they get too far it goes off and it that hate gets dialed up a hundred notches when one of our teams is actually in play for a championship. Thankfully, uh, my Ohio State Buckeyes were the only team out of our fandom circle that has actually won a championship outside the Packers in our lifetime. And, you know, that was fun for a while. But again, I think I'm a pretty chill guy when it comes to that. I don't think I, you know, turn up, you know, the trash talk on him that much. Truman turns it up. And thankfully, he's at, he's working right now in Columbus, so that's why he's not here. So I, he wasn't around last night for the game, which I thank God. I appreciate that. But it's just like it can get bad, guys. And uh, um, I'm hoping you know, the Bucks lose this series. I'm, I'm, I am holding out hope, which I still think I'm not that worried. The worry button is not pressed yet because I think even if they win this series, I think the Warriors will absolutely buzzsaw them in the finals. But this Bucks team, they're a gritty, gritty team. And, you know, all I got to hope is that they get knocked out so we just have another year of them trying to win it. That's what I'm with with the Brewers right now. Like, the Brewers got to Game 7 before they reached a World Series. Thankfully, the Dodgers took care of it. But still, they got close. And uh, it was not a fun situation. So we're going to have to keep a close watch on this. That's why I'm watching these games. It's just like... You, you put your pure emotion into these games. Like I'm, I feel like I'm just like a Raptors fan right now, just like a straight-up Raptors fan for how hard I'm rooting for the Raptors to win this series. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I hope hopefully the Raptors can 
you know, win this win this series, win a couple games here, create some noise. Uh, I don't think Kawhi Leonard played, you know, up to his level. He scored 30 points, but still. Um, if Kyle Lowry can still put together, you know, another 30-point performance, he can play the way we know he can play. I think the Raptors will be able to win a couple games. I'm still nervous about this series. Not worried, just nervous. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild uh, roller coaster of emotions for me. So we're gonna you know have to make sure that uh, the the Bucks don't win this because it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly because he's coming soon. You know he he'll probably be on the show next Tuesday and. Uh, Hopefully the Raptors can steal two before that and then go up two one so that it gets a little bit that 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 heat gets a little cooled down before it happens. But let's talk about the thing I was watching on Tuesday night, the NBA draft lottery. The NBA draft lottery is unique because it's the only sports that the only sport that does it. You know, it's the only time that they do this. It's not based on record, it's just based purely, you know, you get a certain percentage chance and then you go from there. This was probably the most watched uh, draft lottery in a while, not only because of Zion, but because of the percentage was changed. It's no longer worst team gets the best percentage. Uh, it's you know sort of mixed up like that. I mean, I know the Bucks, not the Bucks, sorry, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Suns, and there was another team. Uh, all had the same percentage chance to get the number one overall pick, and thankfully it didn't go down that way. Uh, me as a former Knicks fan, you know, I, I go, my heart goes out to the Knicks. I love my time with the Knicks. I love being a fan of them. Um, but still, I don't believe Dolan deserves a player like Zion Wilmington. I think for that organization to get fixed, Dolan needs to get out. And, uh, you know, I, I pray that you guys get Kevin Durant and stuff like that. Cause I still have, you know, still back in the corner recesses of my heart i still have love for the new york knicks um but that was a sad scene to see on tuesday so everybody knows by now probably the pelicans got the first pick grizzlies got the second knicks got third uh lakers four Cavs fives down the line you know it just keeps going um so basically what everybody thinks now you know obviously the pelicans are going to get zion um they'd be an idiot not to take him and then probably the grizzlies are going to take john Morant at number two um, and then probably Knicks would take R.J. Barrett at three, but we're not going to do a mock draft here. Anyways, that NBA draft lottery was a lot of fun to watch. I think everybody started to sort of gasp themselves when the Lakers got into that top four. Um, they went to commercial right before they started to announce the top four. And that little maybe two to three minute window, everybody held their breath. Nobody wanted to see the Lakers get Zion Wilmington. It would make sense. It would be so rigged if they would have gotten him. Thankfully, they got the fourth overall pick. And, you know, with the Pelicans getting number one, I think it shows us now that tanking is over in the NBA. Yeah, it's still going to be there, I think. I think teams are still going to try to, you know, get that better percentage chance to get in the top five. But, it's no longer a slam dunk that you're going to get, you know, the number one pick if you're the worst team in the league. I mean, you look at the Suns. They got the sixth overall pick, and they were the worst team in the league last year, one of the worst teams in the league, and they ended up getting, you know, a pick outside of the top five, which, you know, you can still find some nice players. But once you go outside, really, of the top five, it becomes, you know, these players outside of the top five sort of have question marks on them, and they're just, it's it's an interesting pick when you take them. Because um, the NBA draft, it's like, you know, you pick these players now, and maybe one or two of them will create an immediate impact, 
and the rest of them will be, you know, nice, you know, role players for a couple of years. But, you know, it's not a, a fix-all solution. So I think I'm glad, though, tanking's over. Uh, I think tanking, you know, sort of ruined the NBA. You've seen a couple teams here and there from the past couple of years tank, and it's just, you know, it's not fun. Um, but thankfully, I believe tanking is over. But now that Zion is going to the Pelicans, basketball will also be saved in New Orleans. So it was a great night for not only basketball, but the NBA in whole. Because I think the NBA in one you know swoop, and you, know, you could say it's a little bit rigged if you want. I'm not a conspiracy theory person. But the, in one night, they were able to stop tanking, which was the worst thing in basketball. And they were able to save basketball in a city like New Orleans. New Orleans... They were going to lose Anthony Davis. It was pretty guaranteed that they were going to lose Anthony Davis outside of Tuesday night. But then when Tuesday night rolled around and they got the number one overall pick, which, I mean, they got Zion. We're all going to pretty much say that now. Um, there creates a little bit of a shred of doubt that Anthony Davis will leave New Orleans. They will trade him. Because now Anthony Davis has a reason to stay. Pairing Anthony Davis with Zion Wilmonson would be one of the funnest one-two combos to watch in the NBA. And, you know, I'm not sure how well Zion's game is going to, you know, translate. I'm not sure how big of an impact he'll have. But still, it's going to be a lot of fun. And even if Anthony Davis doesn't stay, Pelicans fans are still going to be able to say, you know, we have Zion. Let's go out to the, you know, the arena tonight and watch the game so we can watch Zion play. Because there's been, you know, pretty much since LeBron James, there hasn't been, you know, this polarized of an college player the last couple of years i mean andrew wiggins got some heat a couple of years ago but it wasn't even close to where zion is now i mean over the past 20 25 years he's probably been the most polarized college basketball player in the country um and now he's going to go play basketball in new orleans where ever since pretty much chris paul and anthony davis there hasn't been much success there outside of those two guys and then chris paul left and now anthony davis is thinking of leaving to replace that with Zion would be amazing for Pelicans fans. And I think it would create some buzz around a city that hasn't had some buzz surrounding their basketball program in a long time. So that would be a lot of fun and definitely would create you know, a whole new wave of Pelicans fans in New Orleans. But with the Grizzlies, I mean, they're taking John Moran at number two. That's going to be a nice pickup for him, for them. Uh, you know, they got a young team. Obviously, they're still trying to rebuild. And, you know, John Morant will sell some tickets. People will want to come out and watch him. Uh, it's pretty much, you know, outside. I'm not a huge, you know, NBA draft person because pretty much outside the top, you know, four players, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Zion, and John Morant, I don't know much about some of these prospects, you know, like Garrett Culver. I know a little bit about him. You know, there's some other guys, you know, Tyler Hero, some of these other, you know, low round, first round picks. Um, but that's why basketball is so interesting because there's a ton of players coming into the draft. But you, know, you look, once you get past pretty much the first round, I mean, late first round picks aren't even guaranteed to make the team. And most of those guys will probably end up in the G League in their first year, if not, you know, the first couple of years of their career. But once you get past that, you know, second round picks, you know, that's very rare that those guys not only make the team, but make an impact. I mean, I think you, know, you saw it with like Jalen Brunson. I mean, Jalen Brunson killed it at Villanova. He was a star. And then he got picked late round in the NBA draft, which I think he was late first round. And he actually put up a solid season for the Mavericks and he was an, an impact player for them. Um, which is a very rare thing to happen. And besides, you know, especially once you get into that lower round, you know, those are contenders. They pretty much have their team together. They know that, you know, 
this random forward from you know Kentucky uh, who wasn't good enough to be picked in the top 10 is probably not going to make an impact on their team. They're just picking him because he's an interesting prospect. Um, and they're more focused now on free agency. I mean, you no longer build your team through the draft in the NBA. You build it through free agency, which is a unique thing that you don't see that often in other sports. I mean, with NFL, free agency is not used to build a team. It's used to fill pieces and fill holes and find a couple pieces here and there. And the draft is where you really build a team. I mean, you saw it with the Colts last year. One good draft with them, and then even the Saints a couple years ago, one good draft with the Colts or the Saints turned them into you know playoff teams, Super Bowl contenders, and you don't see that in basketball because one good draft, you know, doesn't do a whole lot for you, and unless you find an absolute stud player like you know Devontae Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, sorry Devontae, uh, but yeah, we'll see. How that plays out, though, with the NBA draft, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I mean, I saw the NFL draft Twitter account, which, I mean, who runs the NFL draft Twitter account? They were talking like, that was really fun. We should do a lot. Like, no. Who Who is this we you're talking about? Nobody wants an NBA lottery system in the NBA, in the NFL. Um, the NFL's fine where it's at. That draft is perfect. You will get, you will see the numbers coming out here soon about the NFL draft and viewership, and it's way it completely trounces even nba playoff game so do not touch it do not mess with the nfl draft it's 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 its own unique special creature that should not be touched it should just be left alone it's like when you're walking in a park and they have those signs that say stay on the path leave all the creatures alone just stay on the path you're fine nfl fix your problems with penalties Fix your problems with hits and unnecessary roughnesses. Do not divert from that path and try to fix something that doesn't need fixed. And you can just leave it on its own. Just leave it, all right? Just leave it. But that's it for NBA talk. We're going to move now to some football. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on in football, actually, which is crazy because it's you know there's not much drama going on you know middle of May usually. We got some drama though. We got to talk about. But before that, you're wondering why this show's a little bit later today. And that's because I was at my guy Dom's shop. D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. I just got my haircut for only $7. D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Check them out on Instagram at D's Home Cuts. If you check them out um, right now within the next 24 hours, you will see my beautiful face on his story. Uh, check out my fresh cut that I just got. It's looking great, looking trim, looking nice and clean. It was a great cut. Uh, we had a fun time in the shop. It's always a great time when you go there. You sit down in his nice, comfortable barber's chair, and you have some great conversation. Sometimes we'll put on music. Sometimes you can play his PS4. There's nothing like it in this world. And, you know, with prom season coming up, a lot of people are going to be rushing to get cuts. Make sure you look your best. And don't don't waste your time at a great clips or something like that where they're just trying to get as many people through as possible. Go to Don where he's going to take the time. You're going to actually enjoy your experience. And you're going to have one of the best cuts you've ever had in your entire life. So these home cuts, check him out on Instagram. Set up a cut. Send him a DM directly in his uh, off, his, off his Instagram. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Uh, D's Home Cuts Professional Haircuts at a low price. So football, we have a ton of drama for mid-May. Uh, you know, the season's not, nothing's really going on right now. Free agency, off-season's passed. Uh, we'll get to our off-season review in a moment. Um, but we do actually have a lot of drama going on, and that all centers around the Jets. 
Uh, you know, the Jets have actually had what most people would say is a pretty decent offseason. You know, they brought in guys, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Quinn Williams through the draft, um, who CJ Mosley, they got a couple other guys. We'll get to their offseason review at a different show date. But yesterday, they did something which was a little uh, confusing, I guess, to some people, a little different and they sort of they took that good offseason that they had and they sort of blew it up and they are now back again to where they are the laughing stocks of the NFL. So they fired their GM yesterday, Mike McCagnan. Um he's been there for the last couple of years. Uh he was there I think I want to say 2016, 2017 he got signed. Um and they fired him yesterday and they replaced him with their interim coach Adam Gase. Yes, I mean interim GM Adam Gase. Yes. Adam Gase is the is the head coach. Sort of ruined that joke there, but still, he is now going to be the interim GM, and he actually made a pretty decently sized move yesterday, which we'll talk about you know after this. But they were fired Mike McCagnan yesterday, and uh, I guess the whole reason why is Adam Gase and him never really got along. So what they made him do, Mike McCagnan, they made him deal with the entire offseason, entire draft, and then they just got rid of him. Um, it doesn't make much sense to me why you would do that, why you would make him go through all that work of the draft and all this stuff just to sort of get rid of him and throw him to the curb, but um, they did, and I guess that all centered around, you know, Adam Gase liked, you know, bringing in Mosley and Bell, and he agreed with the draft, but he didn't like how high of a price they were paid, and I guess their starting centers, I think his name Harrison, and uh, I guess turned out Adam Gase really wanted Matt Paradise, and they didn't get him. He signed with the Panthers. But now, what you have right now is not only is Adam Gase the GM, which, I mean, God knows what kind of moves he'll be allowed to make or will make. I mean, he made a pretty decently sized move yesterday. But now you have, you know, C.J. Mosley, Le'Veon Bell, Harrison the center. I should have found his first name, but I just didn't. Um, and you have those three guys who are now being talked sort of bad about in the press from their head coach, their new head coach, who's trying to make a good impression. But now Le'Veon Bell and uh, C.J. Mosley both, you know, think that their coach thinks he's overpaid. And, you know, Harrison, the center, knows that he really wasn't supposed to be there. If it was Adam Gase's choice, he wouldn't be there. And they'd have a whole different center. And so now that Mosley and Bell think, you know, their coach thinks they're overpaid, it's just a whole lot of drama, and you don't want to create that drama, especially with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, he, we have seen that he is not afraid to just, you know, if he thinks something's going on, he's not afraid to speak out, and he's not afraid to just, you know, s stop showing up. I don't think he will, but I would not be surprised if something came out, you know, on Twitter or something like that, and he tweets something, and next thing you know, it's a whole, you know, petty war, locker room drama, all this stuff comes out. Um, so the, basically, another problem I guess they had, um, we'll talk, actually, we're going to talk about that in a second. They are bringing up a couple names to bring in as a GM. Adam Gase is not going to be their permanent GM, which makes sense because I think Bill Belichick is really the only person you can, you know, allow the co the coach to be the GM, hold two, you know, prominent, difficult positions in your organization like that. Um, so I don't think Adam Gase is going to be the GM there for a while. Uh, they're gonna. They've actually been looking at Daniel Jeremiah. If you remember Daniel Jeremiah, if you watched NFL Network, if you watch NFL Network at all, you know who Daniel Jeremiah is. He actually did the draft coverage for um, NFL Network, and that was also Mike Mack's position a year ago. And if you remember, Mike Mack got hired by the Raiders, and now Daniel Jeremiah, I guess, is being looked at 
to be, you know, a possible candidate there, which, I mean, I kind of like that. I think it makes sense because, you know, Daniel Jeremiah and Mike Mack, you know, they both spend a lot of time evaluating players and, you know, they sort of know how to do it. Um, but you think, can that transition from not only TV, sorry, my dog's walking by me. Uh, can that transition from TV to actual, you know, football moves, real life moves? In my opinion, I don't would I wouldn't like it, but also I like Daniel Jeremiah. I don't want to see him off my TV. I miss Mike Mack a lot. But anyways, that's you know the question. And there's a couple sorry, that's my dog. Couple names being thrown around there. Um, they gotta fill that Rooney rule, they gotta you know, at least interview one minority candidate. So that's something that's gotta happen. And, you know, all this stuff. It's got to go down, and it's just unnecessary drama, in my opinion. Um, there's no right time to fire somebody and clean house, but if you're gonna do it, I'd do it immediately after the season's over, so you know your new GM can fill the locker room with his guys. Because now, whoever the new GM is coming in, you know that locker room is full of guys that he didn't get, he didn't acquire. So it's gonna be a lot of drama and I just don't think it's gonna work out the way the Jets hoped it to and uh, you know Mike McCagnan easily could have been fired after the season I think Jets fans would have liked that move but now firing him like this it just doesn't make a lot of sense and you know a lot of prominent GM candidates may back out now because they see you know this is how you handle the hiring it's not a great look uh, for your organization. But I guess a big problem with Mike McCagnan that the whole, you know, Jets brass had with him was he was often dipping his toe in the water. It was an actual quote from for trades, and he never actually followed through on trades. You know, we saw it with uh, uh, a couple, you know, with the draft, sorry, uh, you know, a couple months ago where, you know, they wanted him to trade back and he was taking offers, but he never really committed to it and so on and so forth. And, you know, that happens all the time. And... So Adam Gase decided, you know, he was an interim GM. He was named interim GM. He's not going to sit there and not do anything. He's going to actually make a move. And he did yesterday, trading Darren Lee, former first-round pick, to the Chiefs for a six-round pick. Now, again, Darren Lee's name has been tossed around a bunch of times in this offseason with trades, uh, a lot of heat around him in the uh, during the draft process to see if he'd actually be traded. And Adam Gase stepped up day one and traded him, which, I mean, I like the move for both sides here. For the Chiefs, they're getting a former first-round pick, 20th overall pick in 2015. A bias because I like Darren Lee. He played at Ohio State. Um, they're getting a young, talented linebacker who is in obvious need of a fresh start. I mean, he's a first-round talent. He is a very good linebacker when he is in the right situation, and that fills a hole for the Chiefs because, I mean, they don't really have that strong of a linebacking core. As far as the Jets go, I think Darren Lee, you know, when you start to throw names out there, when your name gets out in the press that you're being looked at as a possible trade candidate, I think, you know, your motivation for that organization you're with that's trying to trade you goes way down, and uh, I think it was a good move to get rid of him. And now paves the way, you know, obviously C.J. Mosley is going to be the starter, but it paves the way for, the, you know, that second linebacker to step up and be the number two alongside Mosley. Um, so it's a good move, I think. And, you know, Adam Gase showed us, like I said, he's not going to sit back and just, you know, take this position lightly, and he's going to actually make moves, and he's not going to sit around and just dip his toe in the water. Um, but that's it for that. I mean, it's a ton of drama going on right now. I mean, Baker Mayfield just shaved his beard. I mean, who thought, you know, Baker would ever do that? I mean, 
he looks like a child now and you know maybe hey sophomore slumps coming but who knows uh baker mayfield yeah he shaved his beard but let's talk about our off-season review we're gonna go to the coast the west coast california san san diego san francisco 49ers led by their head coach kyle shanahan to a 4-12 and season last year filled with a lot of drama they signed Jarek McKinnon last offseason. It was a huge contract, huge deal, and he ends up tearing his ACL in the offseason and not playing a single down for them in the regular season. And then you throw on that Jimmy Garoppolo after a huge contract. He gets hurt, and he ends up missing the entire season. So you got C.J. Beathard starting a bunch of games for you. He didn't play, obviously, that well. And then you had actually a pretty nice surprise in Nick Mullins, who actually you know ended up playing pretty well that one, um, I think it was like a Thursday night game. He actually like really played well and uh, led him to a four and twelve record. Though wasn't great, wasn't perfect, and um, you know they had a pretty decent off season though. I think this off season, you know, they made they got some players in here to fix that defense and that offense up. But uh, this off season wasn't that big of a deal for them because they knew they had their guy Jimmy Garoppolo coming through again next year. They're gonna have Jarek McKinnon this year, so. You know, their offseason was kind of just adding talent. You know, they didn't have to fill that big of a hole, I think. There wasn't that many holes. Um, and now they they get to have a season this year that they thought they were going to have last year, if that makes sense. But anyways, um, they actually had a pretty good draft last year, though. Mike McGlitchie turned out to be a pretty good player. But let's focus on the 2019 offseason. In free agency, they did not lose really any pieces. The only piece of notoriety you could say was Cassius Marsh I mean he was a decent you know rotational player on that defense line that was really the only player looking at the list of guys they lost that was really you know noticeable they did lose their punter though so that was kind of a hole I guess to fill but they replaced that in the draft but overall though they added some really solid pieces in free agency they got Tevin Coleman who's going to be able to back up um you know, Jared McKinnon, Matt Burita turned out to be a pretty nice player for them. So they got three good, solid running backs there. Then they added Jordan Matthews on the outside. He's kind of been a guy who, you know, has a lot of hype around him, but he just hasn't been able to really turn to turn that hype into stats on the field. So hopefully he can do that opposite Pierre Garçon and Godwin. And they also have Kittle up the middle. So, you know, that you compare those weapons, Godwin Kittle, it's probably Goodwin, I'm pronouncing it Godwin, Goodwin, Kittle, Pierre Garçon, and now Jordan Matthews, then the backfield, you got Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, and Jarek McKinnon, you actually have a pretty decent amount of weapons for Jimmy Garoppolo to work with, and on top of that, that offensive line, you know, it has uh, Mike McGlitchie, Joe Staley, our guy Eric Magnuson, who we interviewed a couple weeks ago, um, there is some pretty decent weapons for Garoppolo and Shanahan to work with so that's going to be great for them and then you throw up um, that defensive side where they added a guy like D Ford a really good pass rusher from last year the only question is can he do that again next year um, this year and then you got Kwan Alexander a very very good middle linebacker who's coming off an injury and then Jason Verrett who's you know I think a, a little bit of an underrated signing Verrett was a he's a he's a very good corner comes over from San Diego or Los Angeles I, I keep screwing that up and 
Uh, you know, he dealt with some injuries, but when he was healthy, he was a pretty decent corner. So you pair all those guys, and that defense is actually looking pretty good. And then that draft, I mean, you look at the draft. I mean, they had some good weapons before the draft. Now, after the draft, they added Bosa, who they're going to pair along D Ford, and I think that's a, one of the best young pass rushing duos in the league. Um, they added Mitch Wisniewski, the punter from Utah, Ray Guy Award winner last year. He's going to fix that punting hole. And then you got two weapons on the outside, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. You added uh, Debo Samuel from South Carolina. I mean, you pair him. That's a very good wide receiving core now. And then you have somebody who I think is one of the most intriguing weapons right now in the NFL, and Jalen Hurd. If you don't know who Jalen Hurd is, you should look him up. He was at Tennessee a couple years ago playing running back for them. And he was one of the best running backs in the country. Easily one of the best running backs in the country. And he was going to be a first or second round pick. The way he ran, though, was like a power sort of style as a running back. And he didn't get hurt or anything. He didn't have any injuries. But I guess in his mind, he made some sort of decision where he you know, decided that, you know, yeah, running back I'm very good at. But my body is going to get beat up in the NFL. And I'm going to have maybe three to four good years or I can switch to wide receiver and have a very, very long, prosperous career with a lot less injuries, a lot less toil on my body. So he completely, he dropped out of college and completely changed up his entire body into more of a wide receiver frame. He lost a lot of weight and added some more speed to him. And then he went to Baylor, where you know he didn't play amazing for Baylor, but he played solid enough to earn you know a third round selection in the NFL. And now, you know, Kyle Shanahan, with his mind, he said he's going to play him at running back, wide receiver, tight end. He's going to play everywhere. And that's going to be an interesting weapon for him to work with. So 49ers actually have some buzz going on right now around their team, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You know, 4-12 and last year, I think this team ends up becoming, you know, I think I'm taking 10-6, and honestly. I'm just going to flat out say 10-6. and six. I think 10-6 and six is going to be a very good record for them. They're going to be in contention to win that division with the Seahawks and with the Rams. So I'm saying 10-6. and six. I think they're going to be very, very good this year, all depending on how you know Jimmy Garoppolo comes along. Uh, you know, If he doesn't play well, it could be you know a pretty big mess there um, with that huge contract. But 10-6, and six, I'm saying for the 49ers. Then we're going to move on now to some baseball. Um, but before that, Patrick Peterson got suspended today. I actually just seen it now. Suspended six games for PEDs. Huge loss to the Cardinals, who we did an offseason review on Tuesday. Um, that's a huge loss for him. Easily one of, if not the best corner in the NFL. His Pro Bowl streak will come to an end now. And, uh, you know, that sucks because he's a very good player and he's a lot of fun to watch. But now we're going to move on to baseball. We're going to go through some of the standings in baseball uh, as we do on every single show, every single Thursday, guys. So let's get into it. MLB standings. So let's start where we always start in the best division in baseball, the AL uh, Central. Let's go to the Twins. The Twins are leading that division still. My Indians, four and a half games back. Four and six in the last ten for the Indians. Seven and three in the last ten for the Twins. Um Tough race right now. Indians are still trying to find their identity as a team. Traditionally slow starting team, but we're still just still trying to get to where we need to be, and it's just tough right now. Um, but we'll we'll still I, I still hold out hope. I'm not done with the Indians just yet. 
AL East, the Rays are still leading that division only by a half a game, though, as the Yankees are right up on their heels. 8-2 in their last 10. The Yankees have also won three straight. But don't sleep on the White Sox. They are also 8-2 in their last 10, and they are only four games back of that lead. Um, twins are 6-4. Not Twins. Rays are 6-4 in their last 10, but they've won two straight, so they're still holding on just barely. They're right there, just barely holding on. Um... AL West, we have the Houston Astros are leading that division by a solid seven and a half game lead. Nine and one in their last ten. Eight game win streak. I don't expect the Astros to really um, lose that. I think the Astros are going to continue to lead that division all year. Um, let's go to the NL now where we have the Phillies leading the NL East still by two and a half games. Um, not much change in this division. You know, the teams two for five haven't really, you know, moved much. They've kind of had mediocre weeks and the Phillies, you know, are still holding strong at four and a half games, two and a half games. Sorry. NL Central, the Cubs are still leading in that division by one and a half games. The Brewers are in second place, and then the Cardinals are in third with three and a half games back. Um, both the Cubs and the Brewers are 7-3 and three in their last couple of games. Brewers have won two straight, though, so there is a little bit of movement there, so watch that. Um, and then in the NL West, Dodgers are still leading that division by four and a half games, 7-3 and three with a three-game win streak. Uh, the Dodgers are just absolutely killing it. So make sure you watch those. Those are going to be changing. Again, we're coming on the Memorial Day uh, sort of deadline where you know people say you know Memorial Day is really where you can start to get a real true eye on teams and where the, the teams are going and where they'll end up. So make sure you watch that. We will be watching it, and we'll be here to update you along the way. So last week we did... Our first ever segment uh, that we called uh, an athlete you need to be aware of. We're going to do that again today. It's another baseball player and by the name of Joey Gallo. If you know who Joey Gallo is, he plays for the uh, Rangers. And he is one of the more interesting athletes in the MLB. Because he is, I don't know, he has sort of a weird stat line that we're going to get into and you're going to be able to see just how strange it actually is so joey gallo um all he does is he does three things he gets home runs he gets walks and he strikes out that's pretty much it and he does it at an alarming rate they call it the three true outcomes and he is the best at this aaron judge is right up there too but three true outcomes like i said walks home runs or strikeouts Joey Gallo is actually batting 248 right now, which is actually pretty high for him. He usually is around the Mendoza line, honestly. He's around that 206 to 220 range is where he usually likes to sit. Um, but his on-base percentage is 395, which is an insane jump, 248 to 395. He has 12 home runs, but he also leads his team with 57 strikeouts. I've been watching Joey Gallo for a long time. He is a he was a big-time prospect coming up. All he does is either mash the ball, get walked, or strike out. That's all he does. And he does it at an alarming rate, both of these. He gets walks like it's nobody's business. He hits a home run almost every other night, and he strikes out. All the time. And he knows he's at 60 strikeouts and we're not even, you know, we're basically only a month through into the MLB season. I mean, it's an insane stat line. So watch Joey Gallo as he continues to go along that. Jeff McNeil and Joey Gallo, two athletes you need to be aware of. 
Um, but that's it for our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsor, D's Home Cuts. D's Home Cuts, like I said, I just got my hair cut at them uh, about an hour ago, and my hair is looking fantastic. It's feeling great right now. Make sure you check them out. Um, we'll go into iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. Leave us a five-star review and subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow us also on Twitter at TND Sports Talk 12. Find updates on our show where we're going to be posting, when we're going to be posting, and what's going to be on it. You can also send us a DM um, where you can uh, send us questions, comments, concerns, anything you want about the show, TNT Sports Talk 1, 2. And other than that, though, we want to thank you for listening. Tune in on Thursday. We're, I mean, Tuesday. We're going to have a pretty good show for you. Truman should be back. And I'm actually going to try to line up a guest, get some more people in here, uh, and start you know our normal real summer schedule. So tune in for that on Tuesday. Thanks, guys.